0: Excellent. If you can make your way back to your seats, we're going to begin in just a moment. And um, as you're making your way back to your seats, as we're heading into the new year, this is the last day of 2017. As you head into 2018, um, one of the things that we sought to do in relation to our new series that we're heading into in the new year is um, and that series is entitled Seeing Christ in All of Scripture, which is the title of the message this morning, Um, there is a Bible reading plan that um, we developed that will coincide with going through the book of Genesis in January and then in February as well. And so I have a January Christ Community Church Bible reading plan, Um, and at this time I'd like to ask the ushers to begin to hand that out uh, to everyone here. and uh, we hope that this would be a blessing to you in relation to going through the book of Genesis together. We really are aiming as we go through Genesis to study the Word of God together as a church family and for this to really be an interactive experience. Um, and I'm really looking forward uh, to this upcoming series. So as the ushers are passing those out, if I could have uh, Emily England and Jill come forward and sing, their special song prior to the sermon, and we'll do that
1: now. Thank you so much.
2: With no joy, no peace, no 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 hope inside So he came with starlight and love in his eyes No regal welcome for his infant cries There have been many babies a king but only one king one king became a baby oh he could have chosen to break through the sky with hands an angel wing oh but he knew we'd understand a baby's cries And learn love from a servant
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Jill and Emily. The King of Kings became a baby in order to save us from our sins. And He died on the cross and rose again. And after He rose again, He ascended. And where He is seated right now on His throne. We're going to be reading Luke chapter 24 this morning, beginning in verse 13, on a famous passage of the road to Emmaus as we introduce this series upcoming entitled, Seeing Christ in All of Scripture. And so, open your Bibles with me to Luke 24, and we're going to begin reading in verse 13, this wonderful passage of Scripture. I'm so excited to read this together with you. Let's read God's Word together. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you were holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. And then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? Uh, You can't but just wish you could be in this moment when Jesus is asking such a question. And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be crucified, condemned to death, and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, I love this, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what? had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet? That is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this he showed them his hands and his feet and while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling he said to them have you had have you anything here to eat and they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them then he said to them these are my words that i spoke to you while i was still with you that everything written about me in the law of moses Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from one high. The title of the message this morning is Seeing Christ in All of Scripture. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, as we close out this year of 2017 and just about ready to embark into 2018, Lord, I pray that you would cause our hearts to just take great delight in you. I pray that our, our faith in you would grow stronger heading into this new year, that our passion, Jesus, for you would, would be even deeper than it's been in 2017, and that the passing of this year wouldn't be just a passage of time for any of us as individuals or as a church family, but that we would deeply grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, like 2 Peter 3.16 says, and that, Lord, we would enjoy this journey that we're about ready to embark on, this great adventure of seeing Christ in all of Scripture, as we look beginning next week in Genesis 1, verse 1. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen all of us as individual Christians and strengthen us as a church family in our love for your word, and that, Lord... The knowledge of your truth wouldn't just be mere knowledge, but it it would burn in our hearts like it did these disciples on the road to Emmaus.
1: Holy Spirit, we ask for your power, your anointing, your presence. Touch our hearts with fresh love for Jesus.
0: We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it was about seven miles from Jerusalem, and these two men got an experience that they would never forget, walking along the road to Emmaus, heading out from Jerusalem. But after they had this experience, they go back to Jerusalem, because they had to report what they had experienced. Because Jesus walked with them on the road, and asked them, what things... What things just took place in Jerusalem? Here, the one who was crucified for their sins and the one who was raised from the dead is asking them to describe for him what took place in Jerusalem. And we need to understand that the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus was just an experience that the whole city of Jerusalem was just thrown into chaos and uproar over The things concerning Jesus caused people to stand up and take notice. And here these disciples were still in a bit of confusion about all that happened. And we see here in the passage that they were sad. But that sadness was transformed over into joy. And a fresh fire was placed in their hearts as the Son of God Himself interpreted the Scriptures for them. And really, the main point this morning that I have is, on the Emmaus Road, the resurrected Word of God made flesh,
1: interpreted the Word of God written, and their hearts burned within them.
0: On the Emmaus Road, the resurrected Word of God made flesh, interpreted the Word of God written, and their hearts burned within them and the point closes with just a heartfelt prayer i pray would be the prayer of all of us as a church family lord lord jesus cause our hearts to burn as well amen is that not our heart heading into this new year let that be our heart let that be our prayer as we embark on this journey to see Christ in all of Scripture beginning next week in the book of Genesis. The ESV Study Bible writes not only the explicit prophecies about the Messiah, but also the historical patterns of God's activity again and again throughout the Old Testament looked forward to Jesus Himself. Indeed, the Scriptures look forward, they point to Jesus. They're about... Jesus And this quote by Brian Chappell, I think, will be a blessing to you as well. Brian Chappell writes, In its context, every passage possesses one or more of four redemptive foci or redemptive focuses, sightings of Christ, you might say. Every text is predictive of the work of Christ, preparatory for the work of Christ, reflective of the work of Christ, and or resultant of the work of Christ. I love that. In its context, every passage possesses one or more redemptive foci. Every text is predictive of the work of Christ, preparatory for the work of Christ, reflective of the work of Christ, and or resultant of the work of Christ. Of Christ, The Bible from Genesis to Revelation is, is about God's promises that he made and promises that he keeps. And we're going to look Old Testament and new throughout the scriptures like Jesus here on the road to Emmaus, opening up the Old Testament scriptures themselves. And beginning, verse 27, with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things that, concerning himself.
1: Jesus opens up the Old Testament and shows them himself.
0: I just think it's an amazing thing that here Jesus Christ is in the flesh in front of them. And yet what he does for these disciples is he opens them up to the Scriptures to show them in the Word of God the things concerning himself. That ought to say something about the high view of Scripture Jesus has, the Word of God written has in his heart, that he would be there in flesh and blood, and yet he would point them to the Word of God written to prove to them that he is in fact the Christ and also that he needed to suffer before he entered into his glory he shows he shows them the things concerning himself his person he also shows them the things pertaining to his suffering his person and his work He points them to who He is. And He points these disciples also to what He has done. And to where He's going. His glory. He says to them that it was necessary for Him to suffer. And brothers and sisters, we need to remember that as Jesus is talking to these disciples and they're now looking at the resurrected Lord, yet not recognizing Him yet, that Jesus, the baby in the manger, came for a purpose. He came to suffer and die for sinners, to save us from our sins, as was quoted earlier from Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to look, as we look through Genesis about the problem that Christ came to eradicate, the problem of sin, and so thankful for the redemptive work of Christ, and so thankful that God Himself would take on flesh and not only, like Tom said, just become a baby and humble Himself, but He would be obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It was necessary for Christ to suffer and enter into glory. It was necessary in order that, as He says later on, Jesus does to the disciples, in order that repentance and forgiveness of sins might be proclaimed to the nations. We need to remember that there would be no message of good news. No message of good news at all. No hope of repentance. No hope of forgiveness of sins. No hope for the nations had Christ Himself not come and suffered in our place on the cross. It was necessary for Christ to suffer in order for any one of us here to be born again and saved and to be heading for heaven. It was necessary for Christ to suffer and enter into His glory. This pattern of suffering and then glory is not just a pattern for christ but take heart brothers and sisters that as you look into the new year and even those of you who are suffering in your lives right now that your suffering is going to come to an end suffering is not going to last forever you know what is going to last forever you in heaven with jesus in glory That's the final word. That's the happy ending that is in store for every true Christian in this room. And if you aren't a believer, we would urge you to repent and believe and trust in Christ, who alone can save you. And in His name alone is there the forgiveness of sins available. Trust in Christ. He's the only hope of salvation. But for those of you who have repented of your sins and trusted in Christ's finished work on the cross, the happy news is is that Though your life is filled with sorrow now in this fallen world, your sorrow will be turned to joy, as John 16 says. Even as the pattern for Christ was for Him to suffer, but it doesn't just end with Jesus in the grave or Jesus left up on the cross. The cross is empty now and the tomb is empty now for He is risen. And risen indeed. Tim Keller writing about Christianity and its worldview, as opposed to the worldviews of other religions, says this, while other worldviews lead us to sit in the midst of life's joys, foreseeing the coming sorrows, Christianity empowers its people to sit in the midst of this world's sorrows, tasting the coming joy. Christianity empowers its people to sit in the midst of this world's sorrows, tasting the coming joy. That's right. Right now in the midst of the world's sorrows, and as John even mentioned a few moments ago, that in the midst of this fallen world, we experience the realities of fallen bodies, and bodies that are still tainted by the fall, and and sadnesses that the disciples were facing as they were contemplating Jesus having died and being in a place of confusion, wondering where all this was going. The good news is, is because we serve a risen Savior, we are able to, brothers and sisters, sit in the midst of this world's sorrows in this fallen world while tasting the coming joy. We know that where this is going is joy forever, glory forever. And all of that is possible because Christ came and suffered. But His suffering didn't just stop and end on the note of suffering. Christ also entered into glory where He is seated right now. And it's a happy reminder to remember that Christ is seated on His throne right now, reigning in glory worthy of our praise. And let our hearts take hope this morning as we remember from Scripture that it was indeed necessary that Christ would suffer. Friend, it was necessary in this way. Had Christ not come and suffered for you, there would be no heaven for you. And there would be no heaven for me. Let us take a moment to thank Jesus. Because when he suffered,
1: he suffered in your place on the cross. He was your substitute. And God fully punished the sins of all believers in Christ, in the person of Christ, while he hung on the cross and cried out in agony. And brothers and sisters,
0: what a moment this must have been for these disciples to have Jesus Himself, the Word of God incarnate, and the Word of God made flesh, opening up the Word of God written, and going from Genesis through to the end of the Old Testament, all the prophets are included, and Jesus talking about Himself from these Old Testament scriptures it caused the disciples said their hearts to burn within them what's interesting is is that it, it was the it wasn't necessarily even the presence of Christ himself it, it it was while he opened to us the scriptures when Christ opened up the scriptures their hearts burned within them and that's an important point for us as we head in to this upcoming series in the book of Genesis, seeing Christ in all of scripture in Genesis, because I love this quote by Ray Ortland. Ray Ortland writes, when you look at your Bible, what do you see? I have learned to see the Bible as kindling for a holy fire. Scripture is meant to inform us and thus to inflame us. It is meant to illuminate our thoughts of God and thus to ignite our affections for God. So in our personal Bible study, as we strive to think and learn, we are gathering kindling for devotion and worship in our hearts. And even more, we are amassing kindling for revival and reformation in the church. As individual Christians recover a hunger for the Word of God, that revival comes up out from their hearts. And as the church pours over the Scriptures, seeing Christ in the Scriptures, revival and reformation comes into the church by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the kindling of the holy fire that comes from Scripture itself. Oh, brothers and sisters, would you be joining me in prayer as we head into our new year that the Lord would indeed cause our hearts individually and as a church to burn within us. This word burn, it, it literally is talking about kindling
1: and consumed. Their hearts were consumed with Christ
0: as Christ opened up the Scriptures to them. It actually literally means to set on fire. Their hearts burned. Their hearts were set on fire as Jesus opened up the Scriptures to them and showed them the things concerning himself. And oh, what a happy discovery that must have been for them as he opened up their mind as well to understand, it says later on in Luke 24, And all of this is a gift, a kind gift from God. We would be darkened in our understanding, unable to even understand the scriptures if it wasn't, brothers and sisters, from the kindness of the Holy Spirit, opening up our eyes to even be able to see Jesus. Isn't it so kind that he opens our eyes to see Jesus, gives us understanding into the scriptures, and then also ignites fire in our hearts that burns with a holy fire. So brothers and sisters, let us start to take
1: on the view, the wonderful view of learning to see your Bible as kindling for a holy fire.
0: You know, you hear it a lot of, you know, I'm not really that good at reading my Bible. I,
1: I don't really, if I'm honest, really like reading it. I'm not really a reader I understand that, but it's vital for us to partake of
0: Holy Scripture, and by viewing it as kindling for a holy fire, I hope that in some way it would cause your heart to be renewed in its hunger for the Scriptures as you head into the new year. May it be that the days of sort of being ho-hum about getting into your Bible in the morning before work would fade away
1: and what is replaced is a holy fire, a desire to see the Lord do a wonderful thing in your heart.
0: I think a lot of times we, we don't have the long view in relation to what Scripture and reading Scripture can do. Jeffrey Thomas, writing about this, writes this. He says, so do not expect always to get an emotional charge or a feeling of quiet peace when you read the Bible. By the grace of God, you may expect that to be a frequent experience, but often you will get no emotional response at all. Let the word break over your heart and mind again and again as the years go by and as the days and the hours go by. And imperceptibly, there will come great changes in your attitude and outlook and conduct. You will probably be the last to recognize these. Often you will feel very, very small because when your eyes close for the last time in death and never again read the word of God in Scripture, you will open them to the word of God in the flesh. And that same Jesus of the Bible Whom you have known for so long will stand before you to take you forever to his eternal home. Let the word of God break over your heart and your mind again and again and again. Let the water of the word just flow over the rocks of our heart again and again and again. And there's this wonderful effect that takes place as we come to church Sunday after Sunday and hear the Word of God preached, and as we go before the Lord in private and study the Word of God, brothers and sisters, there is something wonderful that's taking place. There's kindling that's set forth, and the Holy Spirit comes and ignites that into fire. Often we look and we complain that there's a lack of fire. Why is there not a fire in my soul? Well, brothers and sisters, let us look at our attitude toward reading. Word of God and Scripture intake, meditating on the Word of God day and night, as Joshua one verse eight says. I was newly saved in my senior year of high school, and this verse from Joshua one eight was given to me by a youth leader, and it encouraged me greatly. It says, "This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful." to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Do not let the book of this law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you'll be quick to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. But there's a tie-in to the Scriptures, and our attitude to the Scriptures. I remember running uh, cross-country in high school in one of the things that happened was I trained so hard during the summertime that once it got into November, and this was in my later years in high school, when I was expecting to be able to run at my fastest, my time started getting slower and slower, and I couldn't figure it out until I went to the doctor and um, realized that I had a low blood iron level. What was taking place was that because I was exerting so much in training, but I wasn't replenishing that with, with good nutrients and diet. I was going so hard and and I had all the determination in the world, but I wasn't fueling myself well along the way and it caught up to me. And I ended up having sort of like an anemic weakness that needed to get slowly turned around. I was thinking about that episode long-term, dear brothers and sisters of Christ Community Church, long-term, if we are to run this race all the way to the end and run it strong, Partaking of God's word is going to be vital, vital to our continued endurance. If we keep on going busy, busy, busy and hard at it in life and yet do not replace and replenish ourselves with a good diet that strengthens us for the race, I fear that all the determination in the world will not lead to us being able to push through if we're neglecting the Holy Scriptures. Let us be disciplined when it comes to our attitude and our approach to Scripture reading. It's often been said that without a plan, often we are aimless and Don't have a direction. And this is one of the reasons why we wanted to develop this Bible reading plan heading into 2018 that coincides with the study in the book of Genesis. If you look at the Bible plan, Genesis is studied every day, but there's also two other chapters that flow in connection with our study of Genesis. An Old Testament connection where we're aiming to help us all see Christ, and also a New Testament connection where we'll be able to see Christ Lord willing, from the scriptural unit that we're reading in Genesis. And this is just meant to spark your further study. We hope that the connections that you make will be something that gets you excited. And like I said, I'm hoping to just see us really interact with this as a church. And I know February 28th, we're planning to have sort of a Genesis night at the church house where we'll gather together and just enjoy insights together of seeing Christ in all of scripture throughout the book of Genesis. And I know John and I will have some, but we're excited for all of us to engage in this together so that the fire burns within us, not just individually, but corporately as well. But if we just take the approach of, you know, I just, I don't really feel like it. We can't then complain as month after month we neglect the Scriptures and then slowly see our passion for God fading. And our ability to serve the Lord and the power of the Holy
1: Spirit diminishing. There is a direct connection with our attitude and our approach to receiving the Word of God into our souls with our
0: ongoing fruitfulness and our ongoing endurance in the Christian life. And so I pray that this next season would be one, and may we all be praying that it would be so. Teens and young people, please engage in the Bible reading plan. We're looking to uh, just see the Lord move in your lives as well. You know, I just think about you in high school. I think about you in your school, wherever you're at. In college, the young people that God is placing around your life, how are they ever going to hear about Christ without you preaching to them? And I don't have access to them like you have access to them. On your team, in the different hobbies that you're engaging in and pursuing, you need to be in the Word of God because they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits, Daniel 11.32 says. By knowing God in Scripture, you grow strong to do exploits for God in your life. And if we neglect the Scriptures, we become anemic. And we can have all the good intentions in the world, but slowly and subtly, we will slowly start to fade. The fire will slowly grow dim. When we uh, moved into our house that we're in now, there was a a pellet stove over in the corner, and I had never seen one of these before. We had never had like a fireplace or a stove in the house we grew up in when I was growing up, but our house now has a pellet stove. And at first I thought, oh, man, it's over there in the corner. It's this big bulky thing, and I I wish it wasn't there. (laughs) I'll tell you, as it's been getting down into the single digits, I can tell you that having that pellet stove has turned out to be a real blessing. One of the things that causes this to work is it breaks up wood into little pellets and they're like they come in forty pound bags and you empty it into just this container and there's this you start the fire, but then you turn this little turnstile on. And as you turn the turnstile on, what happens is there's it releases the wood pellets, just a few pellets at a time, into this burning fire that you've started. And because it just releases the pellets just bit by bit, it causes a wonderful fire that heats your house to burn throughout the whole day. Brothers and sisters, our times with God and His Word are like that. Bit by bit, the pellets drop into our soul as we go before the Word of God again and again and again. And what we experience is, is that the fire burns and it it stays sustained. Jesus says, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. John 15 talks about my word abiding in you. It's like if the wood pellet stove dropped a few pellets and then was like, you know what? I don't really feel like dropping some more for a few more days. The fire would quickly go out. It's something that needs to be sustained in our lives. A regular going before the Word of God and public hearing of the Word, preached but also a private going to the Lord in private devotional times of reading and prayer. All of these things drop the pellets into the pellet stove and cause the fire to burn brighter and brighter and brighter. And I don't know how it is with you, but... When I think of my laptop, as my laptop's gotten older, and I found this as well just in life, I find that I used to be able to operate with a newer laptop with the laptop unplugged and the battery would stay charged for a long time all the way through the day. But as the laptop's gotten older, I have to keep it plugged in while I'm working because it will quickly drain the battery out as soon as I unplug the charger from the laptop, and it will be depleted quickly. With our busy lives running to and fro and going at a crazy pace, and it doesn't seem like that's slowing down, we need to keep the laptop plugged in. We need to keep the power of the Word of God fresh and current. And if it's hard for you to read do what Ray Brenner has done so well as an example to the men in our church. Buy the Bible on CD and throw it in your player as you're driving to work in the morning and grab five minutes here. Steal five minutes there. Let the wood pellets keep dropping and let the kindling of the Scriptures fall into the fire of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you because that is what's going to ignite Passion. It's no surprise that someone who's drawing close to the Lord in the Scriptures is also growing closer to the Lord in their personal passion for Him as well. And it's also no surprise that when that fades, for any of us, brothers and sisters, the fire will quickly grow dim. And so there's a responsibility by the grace of God. May we own it and may we walk in it in a grace-motivated way. But as we head into this new year in 2018, May our hunger and passion and devotion, our diligence and our discipline of reading the Word of God and going before it again and again, allowing it to break over our heart and mind again and again, allowing the wood pellets to drop, keeping the the, uh, laptop plugged in so that the charge remains at 100%. Brothers and sisters, that's the way
1: to remain filled with the Holy Spirit and with the power that we need Otherwise, we will be driving around on fumes, barely surviving. God doesn't want us just surviving. What this is about is a kindling
0: and a fire that leads to you thriving, and everybody around you begins to feel the heat of Christ, the comfort of Christ as the scriptures that you have had breaking over your heart and mind are accessed by the Holy Spirit in moments of time as you're giving a word in due season here to a friend, a word in due season there over text to another. And ministry to your spouse, ministry to your children, ministry into the life of the church, ministry out to the lost. Brothers and sisters, it's directly connected directly connected to our devotion, to hearing, and applying the Word of God into our lives. Do not let the book of this law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be quick to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Oh, I don't want your energy to be depleted the way mine was depleted in cross-country season of my senior year. At a time when I was meant to be operating at a peak level, I could barely finish a race. My prayer is, is Christ's community, not that we would barely finish, but that we would thrive and run all the way across the finish line and run this race with endurance, Hebrews 12. The race marked out for us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So fill our minds with Christ. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is so important to Jesus that as He encounters in the flesh these two disciples on the road, He didn't just say, hey, look at me in body. He said, look at me in the Word. That's how important this is. And that ought to motivate us. That ought to inspire us. So listen to the Bible on audio. Let it be that it's the app that you and I go to most. Let it be that we can do without a lot of things in our life, but I can't neglect my daily spiritual meals. I can't neglect the wood pellets dropping again and again and again. I need the fire of God. As Martin Luther says, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. Brothers and sisters, Satan's tactic, it's just tale as old as time. It's just—it's not new. It's, it's very simple for 2018. Get you away from your Bible. Get you away from the scriptures being preached. Get you away from the scriptures being taken in in your private devotional times. Because he knows that by the end of 2018, if he can do that, it will greatly weaken your resolve to want to continue to run the way I know you want to run for Jesus. And you
1: know what? God's not going to let that happen. He's going to sustain you by His grace. But what He calls us to do is to, as First Timothy 4 says, train
0: yourself in the godliness. Paul says to Timothy, study the Word of God in
1: such a way so that all might see your progress, Timothy. Be so hungry after the Word. Go so hard
0: after God in 2018 that by the end of 2018, everybody in this church will say, man, she is a woman on fire for Christ. Be a man after God's own heart, young men and old. Let your attitude and your discipline and your diligence into the Word of God in 2018 be so great that what Paul said to Timothy would be true about you, you know what? Every one of us can see his progress. Every one of us can see his growth in discipleship. Because this man, this woman, has gone hard after Christ in her times with Him. And like I said earlier, be motivated by the grace of God in that God's approval and love for you is not dependent upon how hard you go after Him. His approval and love for you has already been won through His finished work on the cross. So this is not about earning approval, but this is about progressive sanctification and growth. And your progressive sanctification and growth does require your effort. Spirit-empowered, grace-motivated effort. Those who are diligent and go hard after Christ are going to grow in the 2018. Those who take a lackadaisical approach and kind of just laissez-faire about church life and about devotion to the preached word, devotion to the private intake of God's word, are going to find their passion slowly start to cool. And it typically ends up being a slow fade. It doesn't happen overnight. But then you run into somebody five, ten years down the road, ask them how they're doing, and they're not even really going hard after God at all any longer. How did it happen? Just one day after another of what used to be a fire for God's Word moving into indifference toward it and slowly fading away. May it not be said of any of us. Mia Hamm, the American soccer player and gold medalist, said about her training, For the Olympics a number of years ago, that in her training, she described it as I am building a fire, and every day I train,
1: I add more fuel. And at just the right moment, I light the match. She had a mindset of every day of training, every day
0: of pursuing God. It's not drudgery. It's not duty. It's a delight. I'm adding fuel to a fire. Do you see that the difference in mindset makes such a difference that God gives you not a, a duty to perform, brothers and sisters, in your devotional life, but a beauty to pursue? It's not about a duty, it's about a beauty. Seeing Christ in all
1: of Scripture ought to be the thing that gets us up in the morning.
0: And like Mia Hamm's attitude toward training for soccer, I'm building a fire so that every day when I train, you know what that is? Just adding more fuel to the fire. That type of mindset led to her being an Olympic gold medalist and she was so strong through all that training that she actually would say, at just the right moment, I would light the match. And she would strike hard and score many goals because she was operating with a strength that she had through every single day of training. And every good athlete knows that what you see on the highlight reels isn't really reality. It's all the hours of daily training and daily feeding and daily nourishment and daily discipline in the grind of daily life that makes the winter Olympian or summer Olympian operate at their peak when it's time to light the match. What happens is we need to be Christians who are so filled with the Holy Spirit, so filled with the kindling of the Holy Fire that that. When there is a need, and when there is a need for somebody to be ministered to, we are so filled with God that it is a joy and delight to lay hands on someone else and see them get filled with God as well. And if we are operating on fumes, we're barely going to be able to help ourselves, let alone help others. So God desires for us to be people and Christians that are filled to overflowing so
1: that we might be able to be a blessing to all. I'm excited about this upcoming
0: series in the book of Genesis. We're going to spend 2 months in the book of Genesis together as a church and then we'll turn immediately into Exodus and we'll go into the book of Exodus. I can't wait to see Christ in Genesis with you and I can't wait to see Christ in Exodus and I can't wait to see Christ in Leviticus with you. I I'm so looking forward to going through this journey together with you, church. But in order for the maximum impact of the Holy Spirit to be felt by all of us, we all need to engage it together. May we all engage it with passion and devotion. Because you know what? I thank God for hearing just a few insights here and there by a few. I want to hear your insights. I want to hear how Christ is stirring your heart up and lighting your fire from Genesis chapter 15. I can't wait for that. I need that. We need that in the fellowship life of our church, the kindling of Holy Scripture to light the sacred fire so that we burn for Christ, for His glory. (laughs) I mean, I'm so motivated by this. My wife's got a Facebook uh, account. I don't have a Facebook account, but Josh Sarita's been doing such a great job managing our church Facebook account and our church Instagram account. He developed Thank you, Josh, for all of that. And I'm aiming to do what I can to even just, as I'm engaging this Bible reading plan with you, my hope is to be able to just share Things I'm getting excited about on a daily basis. My hope and prayer is that I'll be able to share that on a church Facebook account as well. And so if you're not on, if you haven't been uh, friended yet or friending, I haven't done this yet, so I'm just looking <laughs> ahead to it. This is all old for you, but new for me. I'm excited about sharing the insights together as a church family, interacting with
1: Genesis day by day and week by week with you. I was thinking about this. There's so much to say, but I'm going to cap it off here. We've only got one life to live here for God. Let's go all out together. Let it not be that we
0: were half-hearted in our pursuit of a Lord and Savior who gave His last full measure of devotion for us. Let it not be said of us, oh yes, yeah, CB's passionate about a great many things, and oh yeah, he's also a believer in Christ. Let it be the other way around, that CB's interested in a lot of things, but that man has one passion and one true love of his life, and that is his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, let us make our lives count for the glory of God. Let us burn with a purpose to be used in this short life that we have to live here. There's nothing else that matters, eternally speaking, but living for Jesus Christ who gave His life for us. I want to share this closing illustration so that we might burn with passion and run in such a way. On July tenth, 1924, the Olympic 400 meter finals were run. Eric Little, who by conviction from the Word didn't want to run the 100 meter
1: on the Lord's Day, instead rose to race the 400 meters the race that wasn't his strongest. But when the gun sounded for the finals, Eric Little burst forth. And this is what was said about him. Little started
0: well and covered the first 200 meters in 22.2 seconds. He was on the outer lane and he couldn't see anybody. And just inside him in lane five was Horatio Fitch, who had broken the world record in the semifinal and was America's gold medal hope. Fitch said of Eric Little, I couldn't believe a man
1: could set such a pace and finish, he said. But Little pushed himself like a man possessed.
0: And Little won gold
1: ahead of the world record runner Horatio Fitch. Little
0: pushed himself like a man possessed. We have all of eternity in heaven to enjoy Jesus and all of eternity in heaven to rest. Christ community, now are the days of labor. Now are the days of love. Now are the days to press in and run like men and women possessed by God. Let it be said of us that we are Christians who push ourselves like men and women possessed. Possessed by a Lord and Savior whose love for us was so great that as He said from the Old Testament Scriptures to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, it was necessary that I had to suffer and I suffered and died for you. Brothers and sisters, let us go all out. Let us, as basketball players would say, let us leave it all out there on the court and hold nothing back because we only do have one life to live and we'll never get it back. Let's let 2018 be a year where, like Paul said to Timothy, All would see our progress in relation to our love for, our study, our application of God's Word in our lives. Amen. I'm looking forward to this with you. Let's pray. Almighty God, I ask for your blessing on us as a church. I pray that right now, Holy Spirit, you would grant fresh hunger for the Word of God let there be diligence and discipline in all of our lives as we embark into this journey together as a local church. If somebody has another Bible reading plan that they're doing other than the one we're doing, that's fine. That's not what matters. The key thing is, is that they're pressing into you. I pray that there would be a wonderful pushing forward and that, Lord, we would push ourselves like men and women who recognize, Lord God, that These are times that we need to redeem the time. These are times where we need to recognize that, Lord, the lost are in need of hearing the Word of God. And they're in need of hearing the Word of God through us. And Christians are in need of being fed the Word of God and taught the Word of God. And I pray that we would grow strong in the Word as individual Christians and grow strong in the Word as a church family heading into this new year. And Holy Spirit, if you don't fall upon us oh kindling is just kindling light fire in our hearts afresh let the fire burn come and fill us holy spirit with fresh power from on high that we might be bold witnesses and bold proclaimers of repentance and the forgiveness of sins to the nations and to our neighbors and to our spouse and our coworker
1: and our children and our schoolmates and friends. Lord, let us not be half-hearted disciples, but like Joshua and Caleb of
0: old, let us be wholeheartedly devoted to You. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year to you, church. Enjoy this wonderful evening, and I can't wait to embark on this journey with you. I'm so excited. Don't you love Jesus? I know you do, and I know I do as well. I'm so grateful for him. Isn't he awesome? Yes, he is. Happy New Year. God's going to show himself so good and so awesome in 2018. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.